Let us pray. O God, open our hearts to hear your word spoken to us this day, a word of hope, a word of grace, a word of life. We pray this in Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark. It happens at the very end of the, on the day of what is called Good Friday, following the crucifixion of Jesus. It tells a story of Joseph of Arimathea approaching the governor of Judea. It should be noted that there are several persons named Joseph in the Bible. Joseph is the one who comes from the town of Arimathea. This is not Joseph who had a very colorful coat and who was sent into exile by his brothers. This is not Joseph who was father to Jesus. This is Joseph of Arimathea, a follower, a disciple. So listen now to the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of Mark. When evening had come, and since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether Jesus had been dead for some time. When Pilate learned from the centurion that Jesus was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph bought a linen cloth, taking down the body wrapped it in the linen cloth and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. And then he rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always. Open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. There are certain situations in life that no matter how much we want change, we end up viewing them as a lost cause. It seems that certain circumstances, regardless of what might happen, regardless of what we might give to them, regardless of who might come around them, regardless of a miracle, it seems that this 
cause, whatever it might be, may never fully achieve its potential. There is no opportunity for success or possibility. Hope is lost. Any Detroit Lions fan knows this feeling. In the fictional world of Star Trek, there's this group of warrior women. They are called the Kowat Malat. They are fierce, they are well-trained, they are highly intelligent, but they do not take up arms arbitrarily. They do not fight for no good reason. They are not violent by their nature. And one can go to them seeking assistance, but one actually cannot ask for their assistance for a cause that one might be working for. You can only share your story with the leaders of the Kowat Malat, and then they will discern if they will give their support, their arms, their leadership, their protection to that situation. They are particularly sensitive to vulnerable peoples, to situations where there is grave human life at risk, where there is desperate need for people, for protection, for safety, for well-being. They are particularly attuned to situations of injustice that are forced upon vulnerable or defenseless people. They are concerned about situations that will sustain life for communities. And so when the women of Kowat Malat determine whether or not they want to support a particular cause in all of these fictional storylines of Star Trek, the most significant criteria, once it meets all of these, that they use to determine whether or not they will lend their support, they will give themselves to that cause, the most significant criteria is whether or not it is a lost cause. If there is no other hope, no other possibility, no other future, then they give themselves to the cause. These women then give their lives to bringing possibility and opportunity and hope to circumstances deemed to have none. They give themselves to lost causes to give hope that something might still be transformed. And then again, sometimes they give their hope and their lives to that which they know may not. So when Joseph of Arimathea approaches the governor of Judea, Pontius Pilate, to make a request for Jesus' body, he is entering into a space, into a situation in which many have determined to be a lost cause. And yet he goes and makes this bold and daring request of the governor, believing that God in Jesus is still yet 
to bring life to the world. Joseph of Arimathea goes to the governor, believing there is still hope, there is still possibility, even though Jesus has been crucified and is dead. Now, by the time that Joseph of Arimathea goes under the cover of night to claim the body of Jesus from Pontius Pilate, the disciples have been scattered. And all of this talk about a movement that is forming around Jesus, about apostles and disciples, all this talk seems to have gone silent. The many communities of followers that were taking shape have fled, are hiding. And the authorities, those in power, consider the matter put to rest. Many would look at this moment, this situation, and would say, the cause is lost. But Joseph of Arimathea still believes. Joseph believes that this is not the end. He would not go otherwise. Joseph is still, Scripture says, Joseph is still waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. He has listened to what Jesus has taught and he remains committed to the teaching, even though all the signs point to the end, to a lost cause. Joseph still trusts that God is not done with Jesus, and he wants his teacher, his Lord, to have a proper burial. So he makes the bold, daring request for the body of Jesus. When Joseph and Pilate have this exchange about the body of Jesus, we learn more about Joseph and more about Pilate because they look and talk about the body, the same body, in two very different ways. They both look at the circumstances of Jesus' death And they have two different perspectives. When they speak about the body, they are speaking about two entirely different realities. And so Joseph goes to Pilate asking for the body, and he asks for flesh and blood. In the biblical language of the text, when Joseph asks for the body, he is asking for something that is a person, that is identifiable, something still present. But when Pilate grants the body to Joseph, when he says, here it is, the biblical language suggests that Pilate is offering a corpse, something lifeless, something dead, something that is gone, something that is final. Joseph and Pilate speak about the very same body of Jesus following the crucifixion, and they see two entirely different realities. One where there is hope, 
one where there is a lost cause. And there's a reason for this difference. Pilate sees the death of Jesus as the end of Jesus, and that the ministry and the activity that surrounded him and came from him is done. But Joseph of Arimathea, following the events of the crucifixion on Good Friday, Joseph believes that God is not done and that God is faithful still, and Joseph is waiting on the kingdom of God and trusts that it is coming. Joseph believes that God refuses to give up on a world that can demonstrate such violence and hate as demonstrated on Good Friday. Joseph believes that the grace of God is never done and will not be stopped, not even by death. Joseph believes, even when he is not entirely sure, even when he does not know what will come next, even when he doesn't know what tomorrow will bring, he, Joseph, still trusts that God does know. Joseph believes that God refuses to give up on the world, that God refuses to turn to the world and its people and count it all as a lost cause. God, Joseph believes, is turning to the world instead with grace, and so Joseph will as well. In our time, in our world, there are so many circumstances, so many situations which people can turn to and say, how long, O Lord? There are so many circumstances that humanity faces that could be counted on the list of lost causes. Situations of violence, mass shootings, climate change, gender inequality, structural and systemic racism, expressions of racial hate and prejudice poverty, and the related issues alongside it, like hunger, food security, and education. Some might even say the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm sure the list could go on. I'm sure we collectively could make it longer. And yet, If we are listening to the life of Joseph from the Bible, we are learning that lost causes are worth still faithfully standing up for, for believing that God is present in because we believe that God refuses to give up. When we look at the biggest problems of the world, we realize how small we can feel compared to them. And then again, so many lost causes in the world can be experienced in much smaller, more personal ways, and still we can respond in in personal ways the way Joseph does to the larger experience of crucifixion. We might know some of these experiences like a relationship that will not be reconciled, 
or a pain that does not go away, a grief that outlasts our patience with that loss. Joseph went to Pilate to receive the body of Jesus and to give a proper, if not hasty, burial for Jesus. He did not go to challenge the political regime. He did not go to argue with the governor. He did not go for some cosmic and abstract purpose. He went with hope. Joseph went with love. And our attention to lost causes, we might say, is just as personal as Joseph going for the body of Jesus. Our refusal to give up and to remain faithful, even in what seems like it will not be possible, can still be very personal. And the personal is important. Over the past year, this church has grown its commitment to food security and issues of hunger in our community. As our understanding of the complexities of of food systems and food insecurity and the way that it exists around us and the way that it is increasing and the way our understanding is increasing, there are times when we have conversations as church members realizing how overwhelming the problem can be, how much that it can feel like giving ourselves to a lost cause. One church member described creating food security in our zip code. In our zip code was like trying to put out a forest fire with a garden hose. And that's just right here. That's just our zip code, let alone the rest of the city, let alone the world beyond us. And as much as the vision for a food-secure city might seem impossible, it does not stop the church. It does not stop members of this church giving themselves faithfully to it to the possibility, as unlikely as it might seem. And why? Why? Why carry on so faithfully? Why would volunteers continue to show up? Why would we still contribute to our partners who believe in how necessary the work is? It's because it's personal. And it's because that we believe that God refuses to give up and that God is still bringing new life into the world and God's kingdom is still entering our lives and the life of our city, the life of our world. I think sometimes to understand why we would give ourselves to something a situation so big and beyond us, it actually helps to go to the personal. Personal stories say a lot, after all, and we've told the story, the mission committee has told the story, I have told the story of a woman named Betty. Betty picks up food loyally every Friday. She faithfully can be counted on to be seen each Friday 
her relationship to what might be called lost causes is a lot like Joseph's. She comes to church each Friday picking up a variety of meals, not for herself, but for seniors who are living at home, many of whom are unable to get out on their own, many of whom struggle to be independent. She gets these meals to share them, to provide support for her neighbors, for people who she cares for, who she loves, and some who are just neighbors, if not strangers. But Betty has also told us a story. It's a story about a woman who lives at home and cannot get up, does not go out, struggles to move around. And despite Betty's efforts, she struggled to get her to try. But can you imagine that food can make a difference? Can you imagine that really good food prepared by a chef, shared by neighbors, brought to a woman who would not get up from her place could compel her to try? And it did. What some might have counted as a lost cause, a woman who would not be compelled to get motivated to try, found hope and possibility in the gift that Betty brought to her in food. A week ago, Make Food Not Waste, one of our, our main partner right now in food security efforts of the church, held an, an afternoon dinner about a week ago for people who've been receiving food from the, the Friday distributions. It was so that they could meet the staff and the chefs of Make Food Not Waste, so that they could meet some of the leadership of the church. And I was, as I was moving through people, getting to know them, talking to them, I was off to the side at one moment, and someone came to me and, and pointed out to a woman in a wheelchair. My attention was drawn to her, and my attention immediately went to our director of music, Stephen, who was pushing her in the wheelchair through the line of people to get food from each station in the buffet. And my heart was warm to see this beautiful moment of Stephen offering his generosity of pushing her through the line. And then came the question, do you know who the woman is in the wheelchair? Uh, and, and I was so focused on seeing Stephen's service that I hadn't considered it. I said, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. And I was told it, it's a woman who would not get up, who would not go out. It's a woman who some might have called her cause to be lost. But then us looking on, we realized that there was a moment of awakening for all of us who were witnessing what was happening for Stephen was not just moving a woman in a wheelchair through a line to get lunch. 
he was pushing a woman whose very presence at this meal embodied hope. Her very presence was a refusal to give up. Her choice to be there was a story of new life, or some might have said there would not be any. Friends, Joseph is a person like us. And taken as a model of faith in the middle of difficult circumstances, we can remember that God calls on us to be like Joseph. For just as Joseph is longing for a world that looks more like the one God desires, he contributes to its coming. He believes that it is near. And so too we, the church, are called to do the same. We are called to new life even in the face of what some might say is not possible. And like Joseph, we believe that God is bringing new life into the world, that the kingdom of God is entering our lives, and that God refuses to give up. And neither should we. May we know the grace, the presence, the hope, the possibility of our Lord Jesus Christ this day and all of our days. Amen.